Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it has been, the growing season has started. This, as the monsoons hit the mountains of Arizona, it's unique to the mountains. I wouldn't say this for the deserts, and I don't know Tucson or some of the other, but northern Arizona, if once you hit that 4,000 foot level plus, I can tell you that this is a second planting season. We take a break, and everyone wants to plant in the spring, April and May, April and May. Everyone wants to plant April and May, and it is because we've been pent up. Through the winter months, we were cooking, baking cookies too much. We were just pent up. Everything's waking up. They've all been twiggy out there, and there is this urge of the gardener just to get out there and get some fresh air, some sunlight, and plant something. Okay, that's good, but it's dry, it's crusty, extreme temperature swings, it can be a challenge to plant in spring. And so I find the loss rate, at least in this gardener's uh, gardens, uh, I have a higher loss rate in the spring than I do during the monsoon season. The monsoons, it's warm. So you put a plant in the ground, it roots immediately. I mean, it starts, it's going, oh, warm soil. In the spring, you put it in the ground and the soil still half, I mean, it's still thawing many times. It's still cold. Plants don't grow immediately. They wait until that temperature gets above about 55 degrees. That's when the soil temperature starts to tickle the feet of plants and encourages them to grow. It is, nature is sort of that way. Not now. The temperature is, is warm. It just immediately roots. The humidity is up. So the, it's just, you get some afternoon rains. It's just a better time to plant, especially those summer bloomers. We're talking crepe myrtles, the Rose of Sharon's, even roses. If you were to deadhead your roses, just cut back some of those spent flowers, fertilize it, it would be in bloom within two, three weeks. It'd be in full glorious bloom because everything is actively growing. You're seeing that with your weeds. Have you noticed? (laughs) Weeds are going crazy right now. Well, okay, everything grows faster now, including the bugs, the weeds, everything grows faster. You can use nature as a guide. When nature is growing stuff, it's time for you to plant and grow stuff. It just makes it easier. So I use I use cues from nature. They'll tell you when to do certain things. So I've been telling you fertilize, 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 fertilizer in the month of July. If you can pick off some of those spent dead leaves, just it, things have looked scrawny, thin, the leaves are torn, they're yellowing. If you could just quickly hand pick some of those things off, fertilize with the all purpose plant food, a 744 kind of all natural food, within two, three weeks, they would look like brand new plants. Don't allow those plants to focus and try to keep alive damaged, torn, worn out leaves. Pick them off. So it's forced to spend its energy on putting out a new foliage. So literally, you'll you'll see that. We've been doing that around the nursery. And within, literally within days, you see new foliage coming out, just like that. Deadheading. Now, deadheading is that spent flower. And this is for blooming things. 
if you spend some energy just picking off those spent old stems, old flowers on your Europe's daisies or any daisy, on your dahlias, on your roses, anything that is blooming. I deadheaded my, my pinstemon that had been in bloom for two months. I took all those old spent flowers. I didn't take it right down to the foliage, but I just took the tops off. And I was walking out there this morning, and it's starting to, to bloom again. That's what many of your perennials, now, now flowers, they're perfectly happy doing their own thing. Bloom once, go to seed, stay to seed, spend all your energy on seed. They're perfectly happy with that. But if you were to pluck, pluck those flowers off, right now is this growing, this, this July, August you know, monsoon pattern, if you could encourage it, just pick those flowers off, fertilize it, you can get an entire another set of growth, a whole other set of foliage on those plants. It will be showier than it was in spring just by strategically deadheading. Now, deadheading, what does that mean? Now, some plants, some plants are really easy. You can see the old flower. You just pick it off by hand. We call that pinching. You just simply take your thumbnails and pinch them off. Sometimes, like on petunias, I'll just pull them off. I don't even pinch. I just, if I get a whole stem, I go, that's okay. It's, it's overgrown. I'll, I'll take some of the foliage off. Some of the hanging baskets, I'll actually cut that hanging foliage back up to the bucket height. So it's grown, but you bought it as a cute little 14-inch plant. It was so pretty. You took it home, and now it's this mangy, overgrown, elongated plant. I'll cut those back with my pruning shears or my hedgers. Sometimes really big, I'll just hedge them right down. I'll cut them back to the bottom of that container or that hanging basket. Then I'll fertilize them with the all-purpose plant food. And they go into bloom like you can't believe. They'll a whole nother set of growth just by strategic deadheading, cutting back some of the damaged or just not producing foliage. And so I take that energy that the plant would take, would try to feed all of that foliage. Now all of a sudden it has the same root structure, but more food to use. And now it's providing that nutrients to less of the foliage mass and less of the flowers that are going to seed, you can have a spectacular second bloom. I would say if you're having parties, weddings, this is important to do. Like we love to host parties. Our backyard is set up for parties about a week to 10 days, maybe a couple weeks. Depends on my time when I have time to do it. I'll go through and I'll take my coffee and a week, week and a half before the party, I'll go through and deadhead everything and fertilize. And just so everything is at their maximum bloom, just as every, all the guests are coming back to fire up the barbecue and all the gals are going, wow, you've got such a nice yard. And I spent maybe an hour or two just cleaning up, cleaning things up, deadheading things back and fertilizing. Really, really makes a difference. You can, don't be, don't settle for spent flowers. In fact, I cut back my snapdragons. You know, they've been bloomed. They started blooming when? March or April sometime. They were in bloom, and they really haven't stopped. Now, snapdragons, they put on a long flower stem, and they keep blooming towards the top of that stem. In June, mid middle of June, they kind of went, I'm so, I am just hot, and they stopped blooming. I went back about two weeks ago, and I cut all those old flower heads back 
to where the foliage was, just that nice green, rich, almost a forest green foliage. I just took my shears, cut them right back to there, fertilized them with the all-purpose plant food, and they are starting to bloom again. It's the humidity. It's, it's the monsoons plus a little food and cutting back those spent heads makes a huge difference. The plant is no longer hot. It's now going, gosh, I love the shade of the clouds. I love, you know, 30, 40% humidity. I love warm. I just love the warmth. I love everything about summer. And once snapdragons start blooming, they don't stop until like Thanksgiving. It's great. They bloom a long, long time. But strategic deadheading makes a big difference in your own gardens as well. Roses. Now, let's see. I should cover roses. I'll, I'll wait till the, the last half of the, the show and we'll cover roses. What kinds of roses, how to fertilize them, how to deadhead them, because there's different kinds of roses. Uh, it's, it's, and each one's a little different. Well, you, you'll be a rose pro after, after, by the end of the show, but we'll do that after the bottom of the hour. How about that? Because it's just, I got to dedicate more time than 30 seconds. The rest of your flowers, dahlias. I love growing dahlias. Those I pinch off, just that old spent flower, and it will almost set a bud. Within a week, you'll have new buds that are starting to crack and open. I go so far as to take off the spent flowers of my butterfly bush. Now, you know that that's the other name is summer lilac. It's the one that has that great big, long purple, white to red flowers on them. Butterflies are all over them. They really like them. I go ahead and dis- take those spent flowers off, fertilize them, they will put on an entire another show of flowers. Otherwise, they just kind of putz around. They always have some flowers. No, you can have the entire thing covered if you just deadhead and fertilize. Okay, that's it for this segment. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back here at uh, the Mountain Gardener with my favorite gal, Lisa Waters Lane. What are you doing with the microphone? You don't play with them <laughs> just as about or go on going on live. I'm making sure it's on. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Because there have been times it's true. when we have recorded and they have nothing not been but on. quiet air. <laughs> <laughs> we're pro- we're professionals. We've been doing this for decades, but we still make mistakes. So yes, it's good to have verification. That's, you always make me look good. Well, I try. 
Yeah, I yeah. know you do. At least you try. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, I was uh, with Mackenzie yeah. uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the largest gathering of garden centers, growers, landscapers, architects, our industry gets together in Columbus, Ohio. Why they pick Columbus, Ohio, I don't know. It rained every day. It's a flat land of, of just nothing but humidity and heat <laughs> and rain. But you're in a huge convention center. It's easy to fly in and out of. It's right there on the eastern seaboard. But boy, did um, did Mackenzie get fired up. She was yeah. just surrounded by, she went to women in agriculture thing. I kind of go, here, honey, go and be inspired. Let me know what's going on. And then... Uh, uh, got to see all the inside. What's happening is the industry is creating these ginormous pieces of equipment mm. for automation. And we're talking uh, robotics, conveyor belts, sure. lots and lots of robotics. Mm-hmm. So we get to see, be surrounded by, this is high tech. This is mm-hmm. big agriculture at work in our industry. We just happen to have the finished product, but it takes a lot behind the scenes. And so we're showing off all that, you know, what, what do magnets do to water as they iodize it and get it through? We got a whole lesson on that. And then injectors and how you put the right fertilizers in and how it changes the water and makes the plants grow. Wow. She was jazz. It was super <laughs> fun. I mean, I kind of take it for granted, but to see the lights come on of someone that's kind of a, you know, been in the industry working at the garden center, but then you pull back the curtain and go, and this mm-hmm. is what makes it all happen. Yeah. She was charged up. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and you get fun. to go to nice dinners and stuff. That's and the fun anyway. part. Well, super. Yeah, it was super. Well, how to get her in here and uh, she was doing some TikToks and you showing make off. her do this. Ah, no, no. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. I like our daughters, but I like you more. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So what are the questions today? Okay, questions. Well, they're still coming because people are still out in their yard, still doing stuff in the yard. Uh, So Carol would like to know, what is that creature flying around that looks like a hummingbird, but it's not Yeah, they're they're thick right now, aren't they? What is that? Yeah, that's a hummingbird moth or sphinx moth. Or your nemesis, the nemesis to your tomatoes and peppers. (laughs) Yeah. So literally, you can see a big green worm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, last year I saw a big green worm. And it was eating the jalapeno pepper, not the plant, not the foliage, the pepper, the fruit. Wow. Go get that. Where'd that come from? Uh, interesting tidbit that you may not know. If that same worm uh, or to, uh, hummingbird moth, it's all across the country. It's a phenomenon here in the northern, mm-hmm. you know, North America. If it starts to eat tobacco. It's a, t- it's a crop. It kind of damages the crop there. You're trying to harvest these great foliage things, yeah. dry them out and make, you know, cigarettes. Not good for you. You should not smoke. But anyway, if they gets in that crop, um, it they turn blue. Really? If they eat tomatoes and peppers, they turn green. Okay. So they'll take on the coloration what of they're what they're eating, like a lot mm-hmm. of different plants, kind of like a, a budworms. They'll take on whatever color flower they're eating. Mm-hmm. That's the color. So I was looking at them on our purple petunias. They're purple. So you don't see them. You're going, what What the heck is going on? What, where the flowers go? And everything's purple. The, they the flower, camouflage themselves. They camouflage. <laughs> You're trying to keep out of the way of birds and yeah. praying mantis and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So hummingbird moth, they're, yeah. they're good for the gardens. Enjoy them. There's nothing you can do Mm-mm. to keep them out. They're so thick. They come out this time of summer. Just be aware of that they're, they're eggs and they lay those in a couple of weeks. You'll start to see some caterpillars you know, mm-hmm. come up and maybe get in the gardens. Just right. don't know. 
keep an eye out. Yes, for keep a, keep only one though. Only one eye. <laughs> I, <laughs> Matey. Noticed, uh, I was in the upper greenhouse. We have a ton of pintas yeah. up there. And boy, there must There's have the, been at least six to 12 yeah, flying crazy? around just having the time of their life. It was magical. I'm going to try to capture a picture and throw that up on our Instagram reels mm -hmm. page. Just going, that's, you don't see that every day. So yeah. the, the gardeners would enjoy that. That is true. So it's pretty. pretty cool. All right. Lydia would like to know her roses were doing really well in yeah. spring and early summer. Um, now they're just kind of, they haven't really put on any new buds or blooms. Wants to know if that's normal or um, what she should be doing. That's normal, but you should be, you should not be happy. You should force them to bloom for you. Don't never be happy unless you've got a rose in full color. Okay. And so what you do is just pinch off the old, old, uh, just take your pruners. You know, they say, they say cut back three nodes, cut back at a 45 degree angle. Anyway, just cut it back to shape, just shape it. We're not trying to go for long stem bouquets for mom at Christmas. We're not trying to meet a deadline. Just make it look good so you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Skip all the rules. Stop reading all that <clears throat> stuff on the internet because it confuses me even. Just shape it up. Go back to the next leaf and cut it off. Take all of those old buds off. Fertilize it with the all-purpose plant food. That's 744. That's a granular food. Kind of water it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, within just a few days you'll start to see buds forming just like that. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you keep those buds on there, they'll actually focus on forming seeds or, mm -hmm. or rose hips. It depends on the variety. There's a lot of different, but basically they're focused on, I want to reproduce. I've flowered, I've pollinated. Now I'm going to stop blooming. I'm going to start creating new roses, little rose babies around. Don't let them do that. You planted that thing out there to, to, to tease and, and just, Tickle your fancies, enjoy the fragrance, get them to bloom again. And it doesn't take much. Just clean them up, shape them. I would say take some of that foliage back, so those long canes that came out. Just cut it right back, shape it up, fertilize it. You can't make a mistake this time of year. Things grow so fast. Just whack on it and then fertilize it. It'll just be right in bloom right away. Right, because they should bloom well into October, November. Oh, yeah. I mean, to yeah. the end of the year, they'll have buds <clears throat> on them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Steve wants to know, he wants to use Arizona Cypress as yeah. a screen. He's okay. covering about 200, 200 feet of fence line. His question is, he heard you say it's not good to do a monoculture of just one tree, one tree, one tree. Yeah. So he's, what would you mix <laughs> in with an Arizona Cypress that yeah. would have the same watering needs care? Sure. So most of your, your thicker evergreens are, are considered low water use. So you water them. Once a week, maybe twice, no more than twice a week, a deep soak. And that's enough. If you get a good rake, deep rain, you can cut one of those off, especially the Arizona cypress. So what kinds of trees match that? Well, junipers uh, will we'll match that, but that's just more green. So it may be a different color green, mm -hmm. but what really looks good is when you match some deciduous things. Mm -hmm. So you want some privacy or windbreak, we'll break it up with something that grows really fast. So Arizona cypress, one of the fastest growing of the evergreen or conifers. Mm -hmm. I would say Deodor cedars are very similar. Uh, they grow really big. They're, they're, they get three times the size of an Arizona cypress twice as fast. So it's just like they grow. So those are two fast growers, but to put some leafy things. So red, um, um, autumn blaze maples, they look great. 
and inner monks, the big, big red leaves in the fall, the nice shade trees, they grow twice as fast as both of those. As the, They'll grow twice as fast as the fastest growing evergreen. So they just grow really fast. They'll take the same water cycle. Ash, locusts, uh, purple robe locusts, golden locusts. There's a, uh, there's a locust that has this beautiful yellow foliage, and then it greens up in the summer. Then its fall colors is gold again. Really fast grower, very drought hardy. It would adapt really well to that as well. So any other ideas you're, you're thinking of? Something just popped up to mind? No, I like the idea of mixing in the deciduous with it. Um, I think it gives you a nice look at the yard, a lot more yeah. interest than just 200 feet of Arizona cypress. Yeah, I know. That's a log. Um, it's a it long run. But yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can mix, you know, the Wichita blue junipers, Spartan junipers, Hollywoods, any of that. There you go, Steve. Now you're informed. Come back and come see us and we'll help walk you through the whole process. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper, and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I had the family over, when was that? Earlier this week, some, some after hours, after work. Uh, the kids came over, brought the dogs, and we just had a backyard barbecue, slightly raining. We were underneath the umbrellas. It was just delightful. A secret. What's going to happen right now? Uh, flies and mosquitoes and ants, they're going to become really bad. And so you're a little secret. Here's what I do. The night before your party, the night before you want to go out, Spray it. Spray the spray the areas where mosquitoes kind of hang out. They're going to get bad right now. They hang out in in like the shrubs, the thick shrubs that like hanging out during their during the day, and then at night they come out and they suck on your blood. That's not that'll destroy a party. Flies, just one or two flies bugging the guest. It just it, they're going to go inside. Mosquitoes. I mean, Lisa, she's she's sweet as can be. They love her. She's like the canary. They go after her so no one else gets bit. Well, that's unacceptable. That's not going to happen in the lane lane casa. That's going to that's going to we're going to take care of that. So I'll go through the night before and hose in sprayer. A Hudson makes really good 
hose and spray it automatically mixes there's no thinking you don't have to guess how many tablespoons to top off with water some of these things you have to be a rocket scientist to to, to use there's some really good tools uh, and hudson puts together a great hose and sprayer the, the benefit of a hose is you get the water pressure which means you get the quantity as long as you've got a, a sprayer that can pre-mix that as the water goes through it at the right ratio it makes kind of cleaning up your yard so easy and uh, you get the pressure it gets the distance to it so you can take a hose and sprayer that's a real good one with typical like house water pressure you can go up 30 feet up in the air or 30 feet out into the garden so you, know, you can do it all from the patio which is kind of what i do i'll go around the patio and just kind of spot treat the the roses uh, there's an aphid there yes it kills them but i'm really after are the flies and the mosquitoes i don't want them to come into the patio area i've got fly traps sitting around the outer areas so they, but they're kind of stinky you don't want those close to your close to your guests they smell like flies like rotting things but i hang them out in the trees out there so it attracts them hopefully away from the patio uh, mosquitoes they, they're just mischievous they just find a way to get through and come at you i think especially with a lush green garden area and humidity and rain and moisture that's like that's their thing so i just go through and i sprayed it with sayonara it's a it's a new bug killer that came out it's liquid it's fairly odorless um, and if you hit them they will die and it, it sits it has a residual that sticks in that euonymus uh, thick shrubbery or the the great big thick uh, red tip photini or cotoneaster or big uh, the, the big parts of the garden where it's shaded and dark and cool that's where those mosquitoes hang out they're not in the open areas of, of pooled water because you probably don't have that you've taken care of the obvious stuff yet you still have mosquitoes so i'll take that hose and sprayer with sayonara in it pre-mixed at one tablespoon per gallon and i just hose down everything in the yard and we didn't have one bug bothering us yet we should have another insider tip so we like to entertain and so we t i tend to plant in the containers close to where the entertainment is like scented geraniums uh, uh, rosemaries lavenders fragrant plants we've got golden oregano just all kinds of different herbally kind of plants that are known to repel insects at least they're not going to hang out at the base of my containers hang out there in fact if anything if you brush up against a scented geranium it releases this citronella kind of smell which kind of smells good to us but horrible to mosquitoes so if you plan ahead if you know you're going to be outside enjoying I me mean, now through september through october it's so beautiful in the yard you just want to be outside enjoying the fresh air and the humidity and the sunsets and sunrises and just that cooler breezy air uh, with the light light rain that's just magic and so i plan ahead back in april and may i plant plants that repel insects in my containers and then i like to strategically put it where kind of guests kind of brush up against it or i'll brush up against it if you're if you're over at our house i'll kind of purposely rub up against it or right before the party i'll hose those scented geraniums pintas lavenders uh, lantanas i'll hose them down lightly with a with a hose just fresh water 
not a bug killer, just fresh water. And that moisture releases those oils in there. And just the whole backyard just smells of freshness that that, uh, insects don't like. Just some insider tips. Just just because I was hosting a party and we'll do this probably once a week. We just love being in the backyard and enjoying a barbecue or just watching a sunset, read a book. We just enjoy that, and that's a way to keep the insects out. Mosquitoes are going to become bad here through on. That's how you deal with them so you don't have even one bite that you didn't think about this this summer. Okay, back at you in just a moment with Lisa Watersline with her segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Some things are just better together. She's the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants by our maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so Ken and Lisa Waters Lane... You look like you've been outside working in the yard pretty good. So uh, it's, it's kind of sweltering. It's out a little there. toasty. Yeah, the humidity. I can it's, take the heat. That humidity just. You know what the average humidity of Prescott, Arizona, is, or this Central Highlands is no. for the month of July? I was just looking up the historical record. Thirty-nine percent humidity. You know what the humidity was in Columbus, Ohio, last week? <laughs> 94 percent humidity it's well, twice as much this is why i live in arizona <laughs> yeah, i know but guess, still guess what the most humid month is in the area the the most humid month is july august and it's 44 percent. <laughs> so it goes about five really? percent next month yeah so it's Rains gonna get more. worse it gets is yeah this what you're telling me there's like a couple <laughs> points where it's still not you, you poor folks from the South, you, you refugees from the South and Midwest <laughs> where it's like a hundred Texas mm. is like, why would you live like in a swamp heat? What is that? Come to God's country. It's so much nicer here. Yes, it's hot, but it's not, but it's tolerable. It's not, you know, have we had a hundred degree day no, yet? Not at we all. Nineties, low nineties, yeah. which is normal for us. We generally don't see hundreds. Right. It'll pop up there real quick and mm-hmm. then it's right back down. But um, the lows are always in the sixties. Always. You can yeah. sleep with the windows open. Enjoy mm-hmm. listening to the frogs singing at you and the turtles croaking. Right? No, maybe not. We do have frogs in our backyard periodically. Yes, we do. The Arizona tree frog, they'll kind of mm-hmm. sing to us. 
it drives the neighbors crazy, but I like they're it. beautiful. Oh, I really like it. It's one of the I enjoy, but yeah, the neighbor goes, it gives me a headache. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they are loud. One little tiny frog. They're a little bit bigger than a, than a silver dollar. Yeah. Uh, if you can and you never see, see him. You don't I mean, see him. Just... Yeah, but they can sure mm -hmm. yell. Yes, Come can. to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you got for this segment? You got you're going to inspire us with plants and gardening and advice. Yeah. And then I heard you were going to be doing some dancing. Some because I'm such a dancer. Yeah, yes. maybe, maybe just stick with the plants. I think probably. So I get a. Uh, when I'm on the nursery floor, which is frequently, people come in and one of the questions they're still asking right now is, can I still plant? Is there time to plant? And of course there is. This is a great time to plant. Great time to look, take a look at your yard and go, do I need more color? What do I need? Yes. Because this time of year, you can get a little one color-ish yeah. going, you yeah. know, if you're not careful, just green. Uh, but you have plenty of time to put in perennials now, and they will be well rooted out before winter hits. Oh, yeah. Uh, which means they'll take that cold temperature nicely and then come back next spring. Not only that, but they'll quadruple in size. Mm -hmm. They'll bloom from now till the end of the year. There's a lot of positives. So oh, it's yeah. way easier to, to plant now mm -hmm. than, let's say, March and April when brand new foliage is out. The temperature yeah. swings are so extreme. There's going to be more snow. There's going to be another frost. Right. It just wreaks havoc on the plants. Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you make sure you water them and like a deep yeah. soak to the soil, mm -hmm. boy, they just really, you can actually encourage, you can have the roots chase the water down deep into the into the soil because it's right. so warm mm -hmm. so great time to plant um and we have a lot of great stuff so we really concentrate on bringing new stuff in all the time right. so that we have it's not old and tired and you know yeah. been sitting there since april we try to really keep the fresh stuff in there keep it so it's got a lot of blooms and colors so i brought a few samples yeah the guard the, the uh, studio smells <laughs> delicious so this is a humongous daisy. Yeah. No. Now it's in a one gallon pot, but this plant is huge. I know. It's crazy. It's insane. So this is a It Shasta looks like a five daisy. gallon Shasta it daisy, does. but it does. It's beautiful. Yeah. So that's a Shasta daisy. Just your, the one your grandma grew kind yeah. of thing. Um, but just prolific bloomers. So nice. I love the white out in the yard, actually, because white just shows up so nicely. It does, especially there. with dark colored like rock. Mm -hmm. You know, garden soil is generally dark. So you have that white, the, the 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 forest green foliage with that bright white flower and the cheery little yellow center. It's so mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, so very, very pretty. Great time to be putting those in. Mix in wonderfully in perennial beds, uh, raised beds, containers. Uh, just does really, really well. Another secret too. So, so inflation, there is inflation. Yes. And so things are more expensive, but not when you're buying plants from Waters Garden Center <laughs> in the summer. Because what happened, this is a one gallon plant, but it looks mm -hmm. like a five gallon size. So you're getting really a five gallon because they grow so fast at the farm and here at the garden center. Mm -hmm. uh, we're deadheading, fertilizing, trying to get them to bulk up and be happy. You're getting a much <laughs> larger plant now than you would in the spring oh, yeah. for Definitely. the same amount of money. So it's mm -hmm. the same one gallon price, but, mm -hmm. but it's got a much fuller, bigger so that you can play the seasons to your advantage right. and get more plant for the same amount of dollars mm -hmm. just by timing your garden centers. 
anyway, I could go on and on about you the could. seasonality. Yes. <laughs> What's another plant you could share with so, us? Another plant I really like out in the garden. So, uh, so the one name for this is tick seed, which I'm like, who named them tick seed? I like the word tick. If I had another <laughs> daughter, I'd name her middle name would be tick. I'm like, why not just name it <laughs> pestilence and destruction? I don't know. <laughs> But Coreopsis, it's one of the, it's in the Coreopsis family, yeah. uh, but it still has that real pretty, almost light daisy type flower. But these are such, they're so prolific bloomers, you know, especially if you keep them deadheaded, yeah. take those spit heads That's and right. just tip them off. It'll just bloom, bloom, bloom. And it's just so pretty and kind it's of airy. It's kind of a citrusy kind of smell when you Does rub it? the foliage. Has a I can't smell. Citrusy smell. So anyway, it's kind cool. of good, fun. But real pretty, the another full sun one, uh, containers, beds, wherever you want to use it. This is another one. I mean, this is 17 bucks, mm -hmm. but it looks like a two gallon plant. I mean, it's it's yeah, a one gallon so size, but it's so big. Mm -hmm. It's worth every dime of that for the for the amount of plant and the amount of flowers you're getting. Mm -hmm. And this will bloom. If you pinch those off, yeah, it'll keep blooming right through no thanksgiving or so probably mm -hmm. after as you get close to halloween let them all go to to seed, to seed. so that they can feed your winter birds mm -hmm. and they'll they'll use this as a feed source right. through the harsher times <clears throat> of winter yeah that's a good plant for so that's a pretty one another one i really like to use out in the yard is agastache or hyssop uh reason i like this one is it's a great attractor for hummingbirds oh yeah oh my gosh so if you, you do beat it up you drop it like a couple times <laughs> okay i'll be honest i did <laughs> oops <laughs> i was my hands were full as i was coming yeah. across the street and to get I, that on I camera we're it. shooting this for the vlog so this mm -hmm. is videotaped we shoot off to signals az and our website and stuff, our newsletter, our insiders yeah. club, so they can see it. And then, then for the radio show, well, radio is just all about, we'll describe it well with lots more words. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. It's, <laughs> it's orange pep, paprika color. It's kind of a, okay. I was going to go coral, but I like orange yeah, paprika. paprika. There you go. I think it's called sun, sunrise red is oh, its oh. actual name. Yeah, so no, sunrise red. But the great thing about this one is it's also very animal resistant. Yeah, very much. So if you've got javelina, bunnies, that kind of thing out there in the yard, this is in the herb family, yeah. agastache or hyssop. Uh, so it's very resistant to animals coming yeah. in and eating on it. I like this one better. So I've started putting more of these in. We have a lot of Russian sage. Mm -hmm. We got the dwarf varieties. We've got new varieties out that stay shorter. They're not as weedy. So, so many Russian sages, you get them from the box stores and you're getting a weedy Russian sage. It just spreads across a yard. It gets too, it's too aggressive. Yeah. So we're introducing new like lacy blue. If it's got a, an adjective in the name, it's probably <laughs> a newer variety that's less weedy. Right. But this is even cleaner and neater and longer lived. Mm -hmm. And so this does not, it just keeps its shape perfectly vase shaped. Ours is about maybe about knee high or so out yeah. in the yard. It needs at least six hours of sun. And mm -hmm. you're right. The hummingbirds, they love this plant. Mm -hmm. They can't resist it. And the bunnies, the javelina, the deer, the rabbits, any more antelope, yeah. they don't bother this because it's got that herbally, <laughs> when you rub the foliage, it's got that real herbally, uh, it almost smells herbally like scent. Licorice yeah, it does have a licorice smell. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a licorice uh, mint chocolate chip. No, okay. I, no, I have no idea. Anyway, Agastache. It's <laughs> Agastache, a great one. Yeah. Or what's the other name? 
uh, hyssop. Hyssop. Right. Great choices for summer planting. Put the plant down so I can <laughs> get to the board to, to, to wrap this thing up. Uh, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back with more right after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, crepe myrtle, and purple verbena. Purple verbena is mountain famous for gorgeous summer-long flowers held over compact green foliage. This purple bloomer loves bright gardens, summer heat, and grows best in poor soils with less water. Go ahead and abuse this bloomer. You can't kill it. The perfect native perennial for easy summer long flowers. You'll only find the toughest verbena here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So this weekend's garden class, so every Saturday, we host a free garden class. They're about an hour long, and they're very engaging, very entertaining. We're, we're, we're hoping that we can keep you from making mistakes. Well, you can't, you learn gardening by making mistakes, but at least keep you from going backwards. If you're making a mistake, at least you're going in the right direction, okay? You can always kind of veer back over, come back. You're always correcting. That's gardening. And this weekend, this Saturday at 9.30, it's, it's on privacy screens. There's lots of building, lots of houses going up. And neighbors are great. Good neighbors are really great. Bad neighbors? I think that's a, a Jewish curse, or I saw that from a prophet or something. Uh, the ultimate curse you can give someone is, may you have bad neighbors. Done. <laughs> that's horrible. You just want good neighbors. And if not, you want to screen them out. Even screen, screens actually make for better neighbors. You just enjoy each other better. You can enjoy that backyard space without stepping on each other's toes or each other's rose bushes or dogs looking at each other. So there's there's a secret to planting in the higher elevations. It's You can't just have everything. Not only do we have hard soil, heavy wind, dry spells, we also have very heavy snows, especially fall and spring, that can actually tear up some plants. So, so in the Midwest, it says it will grow here and we're the same zone. That's true, but they're used to getting cold and staying cold. They don't thaw and then freeze, thaw, then, then freeze. It's this, this daytime temperature thing that we go between uh, day and night, which is so extreme in very late winter, early spring, and, and late autumn, early, early winter, that messes with some plants. And so arbovita that do so well in the Midwest, here, that heavy snow comes, it lands on it, and it almost breaks apart or separates that evergreen. 
you're better off going with a central leader to evergreen like a Spartan juniper, Wichita blue juniper, Arizona cypress. There's so many. Uh, Colorado spruce, Arizona. I mean, there's so many choices, but that that really heavy central leader branch, the branches swoop out from there. Deodore cedars, that's a much better choice than a more shrubby kind of thing. And so there's some better choices for here than not. Uh, some of the wind can can leaf tear some of the some of the varieties. And so there's better plants than others for privacy screens. If you want a living wall, you can have that. And you start with the shrubs. So red tip photinia, number one seller. Aggressively grows up to 12 feet tall, 12 feet wide, and you're just going to hedge it down to keep it keep it under control. It's really not made for small yards. You kind of want some open space. It gets pretty aggressive. You put it next to the driveway and go down the driveway. You're going to be fighting that thing to keep it off your driveway so you can keep driving up and down the driveway. And so place it further back. There's some better choices if it's too big or too aggressive. There you go to Cotoneaster, or the way you spell that is cotton easters. How one, they don't know how to pronounce it, but the, the actual Latin is Cotoneaster. Um, that's a great choice. It's a native. There's several varieties of Cotoneaster that grow wild here. It's evergreen, has a white flower in the spring, gets up a, there's different models, but it can be hip high, chest high, or even very large, overhead, well overhead high. Uh, the, the red clusterberry Cotoneaster, very good choice. Animals don't eat it. Um, red tip photinia deer can tend to nibble on it. Not a cotoneaster. They don't like the taste. So yet it still grows quite dense, very thick. Uh, it's a good choice for here. Um, if if you're wondering what how many you might need, that's when come talk to us because we want to help you get that spacing just right. But what I do is I'll I'll look at the suggested width. It grows ten feet tall. What I'll do is I'll back that off and divide it by two, and that's my spacing. So every five feet, I'll put a cotoneaster, and that way I'll get this very heavy crossover, overlapping green pattern up to well above head height. And so I've got thick green right up to you know seven, eight feet tall. That's kind of your spacing. Divide the width in half. That's your spacing down the yard. Maybe you could cheat a little bit out there. If it says 10 feet, maybe you got six feet. But that's about a general rule for you. Uh, so that, that's a good choice. Uh, Spartan junipers are what Lisa and I use just because we like that green. has a real, just has a pretty green color to it. We've got a lot of natural blues, you know, um, Apache plume, lots of the oaks. They, they're natural Arizona blues, and sometimes you just want more green. It's a good contrasting pattern, so it's a design element. Yet, Spartan Junipers grows up to about 10 feet tall, five, six, even seven feet wide. And so we just zigzagged them through the front of the yard, and now it feels like this private courtyard that's, that's created just for us. And, and it is. It's great. Another choice, if you've got enough green, you want blue, Wichita Blue Juniper is just like the Spartans. It's 10 foot tall by five, six foot wide. Uh, perfect screening plant up and down patios, down the, the property line. But it's this intense, just, just rich, silvery blue. It's very pretty. There's Italian cypress. That's one the Californians like. Um, they remind me a little bit too much of cemetery tree kind of stuff, but grows to 50 foot tall in a pencil like just like three, four, five feet wide, straight up to the moon. Perfect column. 
there's a place for that. And so there, that grows really, really well here. Great privacy screen. Uh, I would say the prettiest one, the one, the most popular, um, is Colorado Spruce. Colorado Spruce gets up to 50 feet tall by 20 feet wide. Big swooping branches. They grow wild at the higher elevations. But if you put them on drip system, they'll grow in Chino Valley, Prescott Valley, even the Verde Valley. They'll adapt really, really well to the mountains of Arizona. It's a very deep-rooted type of plant. But we're talking thick, 20 feet thick. I mean, it's you can't see through this thing. It's a little bit slower growing. So there, if you're going to try to screen using a Colorado spruce, just buy a bigger model. Get, get, a, get a more mature one because it might take a while for it to get from 3 foot to 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 feet. We'll just start out with a 6, 7, 8 footer so you're just that far more advanced. The fastest growing is Deodor cedar. It grows, oh, it's a big boy, probably 50, 60 feet tall, 25 feet wide, and we're doing it. We're doing it right now. The problem with something that grows that fast and it's that big is it can quickly overpower. It can take up an entire front yard, one tree, the entire yard. So it's really for the bigger type of properties. I would never plant one. I'm on a half an acre. And I would never plant a Deodor cedar. I just don't want one plant to take up that much real estate. I'd rather plant several uh, uh, Spartan junipers, which is what we did, zigzagging through so they stay keeping their bounds. Less maintenance, less work. Uh, they're hardy as can be. So it's just, you look at your spot. If you need privacy, this is one, take, take a snapshot, take a phone, an iPad, a, a Chromebook or something, take a snapshot, and bring it to the nursery we can help you design that and what we're looking at that picture is what are the companion plants that are already growing there if we see lilac are growing there we go oh well lilacs well forsythia and uh euonymus and cotoneasters and there's silver silverberry there's a whole list oh all these will grow well too so we're trying to we just it helps us know the soil the sun the wind if that's growing so will this what we can't tell when you bring in a digital device or even a picture. Uh, I love old school pictures. That, that's, remember when we used to actually hit print and it would come out on paper? Remember that? So that's really great. So you can you can draw on that and just, just some things you can do with analog instead of just digital devices. But anyway, we can't tell length. Like you, you just can't really see how long is that property? Is it 50 feet or 150 feet? But if you could pace that off, with a quick picture, we can quickly design things for you. And, and I like the idea of gardens instead of living green walls. All the same thing. We're going to do Arizona cypress 150 feet down. It's going to be a monoculture. It's going to be solid blue all the way down the property. That's good. But if you have a disease go through them, it takes out the entire length of that. I like gardens, so it feels more like a secret garden. So different mixtures. I put some aspens in there. Put some maples. Have some evergreen. Have a spruce and a juniper. Mix it up so it feels natural. Not like a living wall, like a planted wall, but a garden that is naturally sprung up around your garden. The second you built your house, it went, let's just grow here and screen those neighbors over there. It's a great way to do it. All right, we've got more for you after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. 
Plants are a lot like puppies. They need care, water, and food. You wouldn't forget to feed your puppies, so don't forget to feed your plants. Water's 7404 All-Purpose Plant Food is a gourmet meal for your plants. The only food for Arizona plants with the nutrients they need for big blooms, a hefty harvest, and tremendous trees, all naturally. It's time to feed your plants with 744 All-Purpose Plant Food from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken, with our Vine of the Week and our Arizona Sunset Trumpet Vine. Huge, deep red flowers cluster to create a dramatic summer show. This vigorous vine thrives and blooms with near neglect. Fast growing to cover chain link fence, shade structures, and trellis quick. Easy to train as a ground cover up a rock face to hold soils from erosion in just $34. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love vines that bloom red, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So really protect your landscape in summer. So as we wrap this thing up, and there's a few key things you can really watch. And it's just getting outside and walking your gardens. Never assume that they're okay. And so you'll find I was out uh, uh, looking at my petunias. They've been spectacular. I've got this new starry night purple petunia. It's got white speckles, and it looks like a night sky. It's overflowing uh, this huge pot, and then there's this Taniosho pine that I've pruned up. It's about three or four feet tall, nothing but trunk, and this beautiful pine tree palm at the top. It's, it's spectacular. Yeah. It, it's beautiful, and, and my petunias stop blooming. I'm looking down at it, and it's got budworms. You'll find caterpillars are out. Right now, we've got uh, we had a brand new load, uh, beautiful, stunning pintas come in pintas are a little annual flower about no oh, just just shy of knee high they get kind of ball shaped but they're covered in in red and white and pink flowers and the hummingbird moths are all over me literally this one table could have six of these hummingbird moths or or sphinx moth it's a huge moth that looks like a hummingbird at first then you go well, wait a minute that's not a hummingbird what is that that's also the adult stage of tomato worms. So you know they're eating the flowers or pollinating flowers. They're, such, they're so good for pollinating out in the yard. But then she wants to go lay her eggs on your tomatoes and your peppers and your, and your, and your vegetable gardens. And so all of a sudden you'll see probably in about two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks, you'll see foliage starting to disappear. What happened to my tomatoes? That's going to be she pollinated your flowers coming through, and they're thick. I've never seen them so thick. Now, this is a brand new crop of flowers. So, of course, they're, the nectar is just irresistible to them. They're just stunning. So, and, and butterflies, you know, uh, monarchs and, and swallowtails and painted ladies. They're all, all the butterflies are going to love pentas, P-E-N-T-A's. And so are your sphinx or, or, or hummingbird moths. So if they didn't have, they weren't on the flowers, they're, they're going to get on your tomatoes no matter what. Watch them. Just go walk through the yard and just look for leaves disappearing or little black, little dots, little nuggets on top of the foliage down below. That's caterpillar poop. And this is a, this is a worm that gets four, five, six inches long. They're crazy how big they get. And they can devour foliage in a heartbeat. Walk your evergreens. 
you see webbing on there, that's spider mites. Walk your your flowers for for um, little little. If they've been blooming, now all of a sudden the flowers are gone. Take a close look. There's a little one inch caterpillar that's eating just the flowers. They only eat flowers, so it's a good time. And I I've been fertilizing my yard. Make sure I can't. This is a good time to just fertilize. Take spread the fertilizer out. A good granular food. That seven four four all purpose plant. But sprinkle it out there like it's fairy dust. And while you're there, take a look at your flowers. Take a look. We go over a lot of this. So this weekend's class is is on privacy screens. We've covered some of that here, but then also we every Saturday at nine thirty we've got a garden class. And we want to help you kind of recognize what to look for seasonally. What's what's changing um, each each month of the landscape. And we've got such a long growing season. Next month, or next week, excuse me. Yeah, next month, August, August sixth. It's going to be proper planting for success. Uh, uh, July seventh, July thirtieth, the last week in July is edible landscapes with trees and berries. Then we've got wildlife and bug prevention, the best evergreens for mountain landscapes, and it just goes right through fall. They're free. They're kind of fun. They're informative. Please join us. We just want to, we want to hang out with you and just help you kind of. Got here's a couple things we've learned. I think this will really help you. But throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and of course. We love talking to folks one-on-one -on -one here at the Garden Center, helping friends with their gardens here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.